Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome friends to another r slash entitled Barons video. Today we've got a crazy story of someone nearly ending their daughter. But first a story from Alfie CC. Just met an entitled mother who called me arrogant for not letting her kids pet my anxious dog. I moved to my current home almost two years ago. We have a big house and yard and therefore we decided to get a big dog because we felt capable of providing him a decent life. His name is Milo and he just turned one. Milo was rescued as a puppy. He was abused and neglected before. There's a local animal rescue team and my parents have financially supported them for a while. So once we decided to adopt another dog, we got Milo who was rescued from them and he's grown into a big and healthy guy since. However, he has his flaws. He can be very anxious towards strangers, especially kids. If a stranger gets too close to him, he will bite. It's gotten better over time, but sometimes he still gets anxious. And again, especially kids if they're being loud and energetic. So I see it as my responsibility to have a certain control over that in order to not harm anyone, no matter how much he has improved. I was walking him today. My village is pretty small, so we see just a few people passing by. He doesn't get nervous around them anymore, until three kids and a woman walk by, seeing them from far away. And one of the kids immediately comes hopping towards my dog, who was already in a defense position. And I stop the little boy just in time by being like, Hey, stop. I try to be gentle and told him about Milo not liking strangers and that he can bite. But I told him that I have another dog at home who would love to get to know him. The boy was kind of accepting of it. I try to cheer him up by saying, Maybe we'll see each other when I'm walking around with my other dog. He's really fluffy and loves to be pet. And everything was cool until another kid came hopping and my dog backed away. I was just like, oh, careful, careful, and the boy pushed the little girl aside. The mom came closer, and without me even speaking a word, she just said, hey, why are you not letting them pet it? They love dogs. So I politely explained how it is, that Milo can be dangerous even though he may not look like he is. She just shook her head and said something along the lines of, well, if he's so dangerous, you shouldn't walk him around the village. I mean... Milo hid behind me and with an encouraged face after her mom's words, the little girl tried to get close to me, so I said no in a stern voice and held my dog close to me. That made the girl walk to her mom, the boy slowly following. That entitled mother looked at me as if I just destroyed her life. She was mad. I decided I was uncomfortable, so I said bye and walked away. She yelled from a distance, Arrogant piece of poop, you can go somewhere else with your dog instead of abusing children. So yeah, I did it guys. I found the village Karen. Yay. Don't you just love the entitled parent thinking here? Because their kids aren't allowed to pet your dog, and your dog might have a negative reaction to people getting too close. Therefore, you shouldn't be able to walk your dog at all in a certain area. What is OP supposed to do, drive 30 minutes out of the town? just to walk their dog around? Should you just tell the Karen off for being an awful parent and not taking control of their own children? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. 
Our next story is from Revolutionary Ant 209, entitled Mother Thinks I Owe Her 10,000 British Pounds Compensation Because Her Son Grew Up To Be A Thug, Just Like I Said He Would. Years ago, my cousin Lucy and I had a strained relationship because she let her son, Damien, do anything he wanted, never punished him, and brushed away anything he ever did as, boys will be boys, or he's just a kid, etc. It came to a breaking point between us when Lucy and Damien were visiting years ago. Damien was 12 at the time, and my daughter Maggie was 9. Maggie was sitting happily playing her Xbox in her bedroom upstairs. While Lucy and I were talking, Damien got bored and wandered off. A few minutes later, I hear screaming and crying. I rush up to Maggie's room to find her on the floor, blood all over her face, while Damien's just casually playing the Xbox. It turned out that he came up and demanded a turn on the Xbox. Maggie said, sure, just let me finish the level. So he snatched the controller from her hand and smashed her around the face with it, then shoved her out of the way. I rushed her to the hospital. Luckily, it wasn't worse than it looked, and there was no lasting damage. And I live in the UK, so no medical bills, but I was furious. I told Lucy what Damien did, and she shrugged and said, You know how boys are with their video games. She should have just let him play. I told her in no uncertain terms that she and her son were not allowed anywhere near me or my family. We got into a huge fight over this, where she of course tried to absolve her little angel of anything, so I lost it and told her if she didn't discipline him and teach him boundaries, she would end up raising a monster who would grow up to be a thug, or worse, which infuriated her. This caused fallout with the family for years, largely because Lucy lied and told everyone her son and Maggie had just been play fighting, and that's how she got hurt. It was just an accident and I was overreacting. After a few years, everyone forgot. I still forbade Lucy or her hex spawn from coming anywhere near me. Several other family members did the same. I can't imagine why. Fast forward to a little before the pandemic. Damien was 19, just like I predicted. He soon learned that, thanks to his mother, he was bulletproof, as she would never believe he did anything wrong. So his behavior got worse and worse, to the point where he was kicked out of every school in the area and had to go to special school. I got a call from Frank, Lucy's mother, telling me Lucy had been rushed to the hospital that he knows we don't talk, but Lucy was seriously hurt and he wanted to let me know. Despite our history, I went to visit Lucy, accompanied by Frank and his wife. Before this, we'd been really close, and I was upset to hear she was hurt. When I got there, I was shocked by what I saw. She was really banged up, her face swollen, bruises all up her arms. It turned out Damien had done this. She was really struggling for money, and he refused to get a job. So she finally tried to lay down the law and tell him to get a job or she was throwing him out. So he attacked her, almost dislocated her jaw. It was horrific. Now, we had a history, but at this point, none of that mattered. I was worried and sad for her. I immediately asked her if she needed help with anything. She seemed surprised, but we ended up all having a really heartwarming chat, with her saying how much it meant to her that I came to see her. I thought maybe we were turning a corner and could repair our relationship. We had been somewhat really close as kids. Oh, how wrong I was. A few weeks later, I started getting blasted on social media and getting nasty messages and texts telling me what an awful person I was and 
How could I do what I did to Lucy? I was confused. I hadn't done anything. I called Frank. He had no idea either, but said he would look into it. Turns out Lucy had told everyone I had come to the hospital and mocked her, gloating, I told you so, while she bawled her eyes out. I confronted Lucy about it, asking her how she could lie like that. She hit back that this was all my fault, it's what I deserved. If I knew this was going to happen, why didn't I do more to help her? She then demanded I pay her at least 10,000 British pounds for damages I caused. Like what the freak? She lied to everyone because she couldn't stand that I had been right and decided to punish me for it. For months, I endured hateful messages from family members who believed her lies. Not all my family members believed her, of course, and Frank and his wife cleared things up about what really happened. He managed to record Lucy admitting that she lied, which got most off my back. But there were still a few relatives who had it in their heads that, there's no smoke without fire, and I must have done something to make her say what she did. But they're all distant relatives on her side, so who cares? Then the pandemic rolled around. Everyone forgot the petty squabbles Lucy and her lies caused. But last month, we held a family gathering at my parents, the first in years due to the pandemic. Lucy showed up. Thankfully, Damien was absent on account of serving a prison sentence for aggravated assault and battery, unrelated to what he did to his mother. I went to ask Lucy how she was doing. The first words out of her mouth were, You need to pay me what you owe me. If you don't, I'm taking you to court. I need that money. It's the least you can do for ruining my life. She followed me around the party demanding I pay her, telling everyone who would listen that I had ruined her life. My, what a happy family reunion. Honestly, I think the funny thing is, as much as Lucy's going around saying, Oh, OP showed up and said I told you so and made light of the situation, and it being untrue and OP trying to be supportive, honestly, OB kind of had every right to be the I told you so kind of person anyways. Our next story is from Conscious Kiwi. Parents prefer incest over me being happy. I've 21-year-old male, been in a surprisingly successful relationship for the past year and a half, ever since I moved to Europe to start my studies. Honestly didn't think I'd hold it together this long, but hey, the girl actually likes me. Shocker. She's honestly perfect. Spiritually, she's a neckbeard, and I love her for it. My parents, not so much. Not because of her personality, they don't care about little things like that. She's European, and that's the problem. My parents belong to a minority in the Middle East. We believe in a lot of things, but the kicker is that if you marry outside your faith, you get excommunicated. Disowned, not allowed back in the village, the whole Shazam. And since there's so little of us, privileges are handed out so that finding the love of your life would still be possible. Dude down the street R-worded a child? It's fine, we'll just introduce my daughter to him, I'm sure he's a good man. Son fell in love with your niece? Ah, it's fine. Matters of the heart are complicated. Your daughter fell in love with an Englishman after eight years of living in England? Burn her at the stake. I feel like my mom genuinely thought that I was going to move back home to the village and meet someone there, like she and her siblings did. But surprise, surprise, I wasn't a fan of it. Especially since her siblings consist of her sister, who married a man 20 years younger than her, her brother, who married his cousin, and her other brother, who's on his third marriage with a woman who can only be described as a vanilla-flavored biscuit. Ever since I got into a relationship, my parents have been relatively supportive. 
I feel like my mom was just glad I'm not gay since I wasn't like the other boys in high school. And my dad, in true dad fashion, was just happy I was getting some. One and a half years later, they started showing their concern. My dad regularly sits me down for talks about our heritage, and my mom regularly jokes about setting me up with my future bride. Whenever I bring up something remotely serious about my girlfriend, they get visibly upset. I'm in a position right now where I possibly have to move cities. The fact that I want to stay where I am because I'm not exactly enthusiastic about leaving my girlfriend and the life I've built here caused them to short circuit. All of a sudden, my poor academic performance wasn't due to my many mental health problems or COVID or just my lack of interest in the subject. It was the witch. The witch who seduced me and led me astray. Because their golden boy is definitely incapable of making poor decisions himself. So yeah, it got to the point where they're trying their hardest to force me to move cities just to get away from my girlfriend. They're arguing about it every phone call now. And if I just give it time, they're going to add the financial pressure on top of that. That's fun. I just really hope they mellow out soon, if not for me, for my siblings' sakes. I'm the oldest, so I get the brunt of the generational friction. But I only hope it gets better when they get older. When your parents believe so strongly in a way of life and a way of making decisions, and you don't want to be excommunicated, what are you supposed to do? I mean, you want to live your own life with your own free will, but your parents are like, don't you use any of that free will and do things our way or else you're gonna be dead to us or whatever. I feel like at some point something's got to give from one side and I sure hope it's not OP's side that gives. Considering OP's experienced plenty of life making their own decisions, I'm sure it's probably not going to be OP's side. I just hope it doesn't get nasty for them. Our next story is from You Like Jazz. Entitled parent and child try to make my high school paint over a student's memorial. Okay, so a bit of context in the story. At the start of each school year, my high school's new seniors get assigned a parking space for the rest of the year. Once you're assigned your spot, it's a fun rite of passage to paint it, which the school provides the paint for and gives a day of class for all seniors to go paint. This tradition has been going on for four years now. Three years ago, a senior in my school was killed in a car crash, along with her younger brother and mom. Her painted car park reads, This is Jane's car park, the best girl in the world, back off, and has tons of gorgeous flowers painted on it. After she passed away, all of the seniors from her year wrote beautiful messages to her on her car park in Sharpie. Since then, whoever was assigned her spot has never painted over it. It's an unspoken rule that if you get her park, you simply go and help someone else paint theirs for the day. This story takes place at the start of the year around March, which is when Australian students start their school year. In the first week of school, the rest of the senior cohorts and I receive our car park allocations. I was given the park two spots down from Jane's, which is how I know what went down. So it was car park painting day. All of the seniors headed down to the school's park and went about finding our spots which have little numbers in front of them like A1, A2, etc. I find mine pretty quickly and go about sketching out my design in chalk. A few minutes in, I hear someone swearing beside me. I look up and see Liam standing over Jane's spot, complaining loudly about having to park in the dead girl's spot and that he was going to be cursed. I rolled my eyes but ignored him and he leaves until a few minutes later when he comes back with paint. 
Now, I actually knew Jane for the first two years of high school, as she was in my role marking class. So there was no way I was going to let someone paint over her memorial. I stand up and walk over to Liam, who's struggling to get the lid off the paint tin. I figure that maybe he just isn't aware of the unspoken rule. So I stand in Jane's park and gesture to his paint tin. I say, nah, we don't paint over Jane's spot. It's just kind of an unwritten rule out of respect. Liam looks up at me and scoffs dismissively. Nah, he says, I was assigned this spot so I'm gonna paint it. It's been ages since she died. The boy on the other side of him looks over and shakes his head and says, don't paint it dude, that's messed up. Liam ignores him and continues trying to get the lid off the paint. A lot of people are listening in now and the girl on the spot behind him goes and fetches a teacher. The teacher takes Liam aside and tells him that he isn't allowed to paint over Jane's memorial and that he can be reassigned to the... Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. The one remaining parking spot. Liam refuses, saying that the available spot is at a really awkward angle to park in. It isn't. And he wants Jane's. The teacher says okay, but no painting. Liam comes back and sits on the side of the park, grumbling. I considered offering him my spot as I'm terrible at painting anyway, but decided he didn't deserve it. Cut to two days after the incident, I get to school early as I'm doing volunteer hours in the uniform shop. As I'm folding, I overhear two admin staff talking about the crazy lady that barged her way into the principal's office yesterday morning. Turns out Liam's mom came all the way down the school just to chew out the principal for not letting her son paint his park. And they have another meeting scheduled for the next day. 
Wow, crazy, I think, but I don't pay it too much mind. Two days later, I'm called into the principal's office in the first period. I walk in and I see the principal at his desk, Liam, his entitled mother, and the boy who told Liam not to paint the park, all in the room. The principal greets me and I stand somewhat awkwardly by the door, as there are no remaining seats. OP and Jake, the principal gestures to me and the boy. We're here to talk about the events on Monday. Liam and his mom are saying that you two tried to get physical with him when he wanted to paint his park. Jake and I look at each other and both give an awkward half laugh. Sir, he starts, we didn't go anywhere near. I know what you two did. The entitled mother cuts him off. We all look at his mom in surprise. The principal says, entitled mom, if you could just let Jake finish his sentence before, are you trying to tell me that you don't believe my son? Of course they're going to say they didn't do it, it's two against one, she squawks. There were a lot of other students that day who I'm sure can, no, they all hate my boy, it's because of his race, they single him out. Now, something really important to note here is that Liam is white, I am white, the principal is white, entitled mom is white, Jack is black but this is a predominantly white school. We all sit there in silence. The entitled mom is huffing and puffing while Liam's gone very red. The principal pauses, then tells Jake to finish recounting his story. Jake explains what happened and I back him up. The mother makes snide comments throughout, but we all ignore her. The principal thanks us and tells us we can go, despite the entitled mom's protests, and that he'll be asking the teacher on duty what happened. Now, I wish I could update on what happened afterward, but neither Jack or I really know. We were never called back into the office, and Jane's parking spot remains the same. Liam now uses the spot that he previously declined, but interestingly, he never painted it. Jack and I talked about it a few weeks after being called into the office, and he said that the school called his parents to inform them about the meeting, but the school never reached out to mine. Some good did come of this though. Jake and I started talking, and he asked me to be his date to our formal in a few weeks. I said yes. I actually went to a school that did the same thing as well, where you can basically buy a parking spot for the year, and then at some point you're able to paint it. Although I think mine didn't happen till like later in the year for some reason. But obviously this is a loving and lasting memorial, and I just can't imagine how Liam could just be so callous and uncaring. I feel like sadly we run into these kids while growing up who honestly just, you can tell, they just don't care. They're just brazenly for themselves, don't care about any kind of memorial, don't give a crap about anything's significance. You just hope that they grow older to be somebody that's embarrassed of how stupid they were as a kid. Our next story is from ULFR. My child pet your dog, pay for her lice treatment. I come bearing a tale that I'm still legitimately bewildered by. Hopefully you folks enjoy it. Me and my floof follow a predictable pattern of walkies. We go at the same time, take one of a couple routes, and typically it's time for me to decompress and spend time with my fuzzy buddy. Along the route, there's several people we'll stop and talk to, one of them being a family that lives near me that I thought was a little bit crazy, but mostly harmless. Turns out they're a lot a bit crazy, but still hopefully harmless. One fine day when my dog was doing his usual poop routine of waddle, sniff, squat, circle, abort, waddle, squat, sniff, abort, etc. ad nauseum, I was standing there with a poop bag over my hand because eventually there's going to be something to grab. And we both heard a giggle. Turns out a girl that's maybe 8 years old saw the dance of the indecisive pooper and thought it was silly. 
Once he had done the deed and I was bending down to grab the goods, I was suddenly yanked to one side by a lunging floof who wanted to say hello to the little girl. He didn't and I didn't tip over, but it was very clear that he wanted pets and the little girl seemed amenable, so I said, if you like to pet him, feel free. He's very friendly. The little girl bit her lip and then nodded and came forward with a handout for sniffage. My dog ignored the hand and went straight in to give a kiss, causing further giggles and then admiration for how soft he is. The mom walked over to investigate the giggling and said hello to myself and the pooch as well. Then it was time to wave by and drag my pup along for further walking because we can't just turn around after he poops or he doesn't poop. End of interaction, right? Wrong. Maybe a week later, the pooch and I are following the same route, and I see a mom running out of her house upon seeing us with a piece of paper in her hand. Excuse me, can I talk to you, she says. I stop and say, of course. I knew something was wrong when the pup wanted to say hello, and was met with a, ew, don't touch me, from the mom. Apparently, after the recent encounter with my dog, the little girl who pet him discovered she had head lice. Lice require a fairly aggressive treatment regime for both the kid and 90% of the household, as one never knows where they may be lurking. It's also not necessarily a cheap thing to treat, and the mother simply assumed that the source of the head lice came from my dog. So she totaled up the cost of everything and simply waited to see me again, I guess. For those who don't know, head lice are spread from human to human. Animals get a different flavor of lice. There is a 0% chance she caught it from my dog. There's a better chance that he was a temporary transport for some lice that found their way onto me, but let's not talk about how itchy my scalp feels just thinking about that. Happily enough, a Google search of my phone and both of our solemn promises that we were not the cause was enough to convince the mom that we were not the cause of the lice infestation. And my humble suggestion of using a flamethrower next time was met with a sheepish grin. She did sort of, but not really, apologize. And all seems to be well now, though the little girl now refuses to be anywhere near my pooch. Hopefully she'll come around. I feel bad for the kid, not only because they have to deal with lice, but also because I feel like this is going to maybe permanently taint their view of dogs. Because of the mom's misinformation about where you can get lice from, this kid's probably going to grow up thinking dogs can be filthy or disease carriers or just giving dogs a bad name. Our next story is from Arkidoki, Entitled Dad says, Ex-wife, you have to force our adult children to call me. The entitled dad in this story is my father, 58-year-old male. For context, when me, 32-year-old female, and my siblings, 30-year-old male, 27-year-old male, and 24-year-old female, were teens, our dad decided to heavily favor his firstborn son, because he liked the same things, nature, hunting, fishing, and completely ignored my other brother, who's more nerdy, and my sister and I because we were girls. This led to all three ignored, to not really build any relationship with him, and my other brother to feel suffocated, and therefore distancing himself when he decided to study far away. Fast forward to nowadays, my father's the one that divorced my mother, 57-year-old female, with whom all of us are rather close with because she gave us her time and was the one who mostly raised us. His entitlement is that we owe him our time, to send him messages and call him and when we don't, because he never has anything to say and doesn't actually show any interest in our lives, he goes to call my mother to complain and keep asking her to force us to call him. 
Yes, you're reading this right, a 58-year-old man throws a literal tantrum on the phone, saying it's his ex-wife's job to force their adult children to talk to him. We're all a bit fed up with his attitude on social media, but can't unfriend him or block him because you'll throw a fit and make our mother's life heck because, according to him, we owe him our time for raising us. He gets jealous that when I travel back to our home country, I spend more time with my mother than him. She lives with my nan and they have the space to lodge me and my partner while he has a studio, so we stay there. I wonder if this is a situation that's just gone too far. Like, let alone being a bad father, all these kids' lives. But like, all of this weird entitled behavior now, is there a point where they could say, I'm sorry, I want to try to build a relationship with you and actually get a warm reception? Or is it just too far gone? Has it already reached a point where it's beyond unreasonable to expect any of these kids to entertain such a notion if the dad's actually being genuine about wanting to build a relationship? Our next story is from RoxRar299, My Mom Controls My Disability Check. I'm 30-year-old male. I've been on disability since I was 17. My mom is my payee, so she looks over my money. I draw $580 a month, but I only get $140 a month. She keeps the rest, saying it's for my doctors and for my medicine, but I only go to the doctors every three months. Every time I ask for more money, she tells me I already gave you money at the first of the month. She also punishes me if we get into an argument where she won't give me any money. She also threatens me like saying she's going to cancel it. What should I do? I'm tired of her being entitled to my disability money. Is what she's doing illegal? I would definitely say that OP should do whatever they can to reach out to whoever it is that they're getting paid this money through and try and get some advice to talk through people who have expertise in that field. Whether that's an ombudsman or reaching out to some kind of social security administration office. If this is one of those programs where it's literally meant to be OP's money and their mom is taking most of it, then yeah, there's a real issue here. Our next story is from Lex B. Cozy. Entitled mother-in-law thinks darling husband and I owe her a place to live when we buy our own home. My husband, 32-year-old male, and I, 28-year-old female, are recent college graduates and have already made plans to move out from mother-in-law, 65's house, that we've lived in for five years. For clarification, mother-in-law wanted us to move in to help her and her husband pay for the mortgage payment so they wouldn't lose their home. And a major point she used to convince us was that we would also benefit by not having to pay for our expensive apartment. Things were fine for the most part for the first couple of years, but the closer we got to graduation and buying our own home, the more entitled she got regarding her moving in. At first, we laughed it off and just went about our day, but eventually things got out of hand, and now she all but demands that she move in so she can divorce her husband, collect half of the house, which she has no plans to contribute to our household and stay with us for the rest of her life. She's a highly unreasonable person and my husband and I have always felt it was the best not to open the can of worms and outright tell her no because she's more talk than action and we didn't really think she would get a divorce anyways. Also, we knew she would start a massive fight that would result in us having to move abruptly and cause unnecessary drama while we were finishing our degrees. The problem comes in recent times, when we've really sat her down and explained that we need some time to ourselves in our own home, and maybe her staying with her husband and doing a reverse mortgage wouldn't be a bad choice, as she can come and visit as often as she likes. 
Following all of these conversations, she becomes indignant and says things like, I'll just move out and rent an apartment until you guys are ready for me to move in after a year or so. Or, I've given so many years of my life to my kids and nobody cares what happens to me. I feel like she's doing this to bully us into giving her a place in our home. Because we know she won't have enough from the house to last in an apartment very long. I also feel like the second she knows we're closing, she'll initiate a divorce, so she truly has nowhere else to go. I know we're just going to have to tell her no when the time comes and whatever happens happens, but I also feel like if she initiated a divorce and we don't give her a place to live, she'll blame us completely and the relationship with us won't be the same ever. This is one of those situations where you just stand strong and maybe it is better just to tell them now before it becomes inevitable and they make a stupid decision to say that no matter what they do, they're not moving in. Maybe you can save them from facing a really tough situation that they self-impose. It might suck more in the meantime, but it might be the best option. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another Entitled Parent story that was way crazier than any of the ones in this video, click on that left video. Or, if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.